The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. It's a good day to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan. It's an even better day to be Heath Cummings. His team just won the Super Bowl. He claims to have predicted the final score exactly accurately on the Friday preview show. I'm going to have to check on that one. And uh, he got the Kyle Juszczyk prop bets right. And he's taking the day off. You don't even get to hear from him today. Instead, you're stuck with me, Adam Azer, plus Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg. Welcome to our Super Bowl 54 recap, 31-20, the final score. The Chiefs are Super Bowl champions for the first time in 50 years. We're going to talk about the game and much, much more. Jamie was at the game. He's probably exhausted, but how was uh, how was the experience last night, Jamie? Uh, the experience was good. Um, unlike you, the halftime show was great. Um, no. Oh. No. Uh, the the game was great. You know, it was it was fun to see how it all unfolded, and you know, I, I mean, I feel bad for the 49ers and their fans, but uh, you know, watching that fourth quarter was was fun to see Mahomes and, and Damian Williams and company, and how they they rallied uh, down ten points. But the atmosphere was fantastic. I thought the crowd was great. It was uh, slightly pro Chiefs, but I think it was you know close to fifty fifty split at least at the start of the game. Um, and uh, you know, I I I've now sat. The last two years in the auxiliary press box, which you get a real good feel for the crowd and and and, and I think a better view. So I I, I thoroughly enjoy it and I, I enjoy hearing the the fans. But the atmosphere was great, the game was great, um, you know. And and again, just aside from the result for the 49ers fans, I, I think it was uh, it was an enjoyable Super Bowl 54 and a great experience. You know, Radio Row was great for us too. Oh yeah, yeah. Radio Row was a, a week of just so much fun for us. We're going to talk about that. So today on the show, we're recapping the game. We're going to give fantasy outlooks for both teams in 2020. Uh, you know, for example, Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. That's an interesting question. We'll get into that. Uh, we'll do the best of Radio Row. So we went around Radio Row. Uh, we'll talk about this more later in the show if you're interested. It was just a really, really cool week. Uh, and there were just so so much media there. But we asked writers and football players and some fantasy analysts some very, very important questions like, uh, is Jerry Maguire a sports movie? Do frog and dog rhyme? And how do you rank pancakes, waffles, and French toast? So we'll, we'll give you all the answers, the highlights of that uh, coming up later on in the show. Right now, I also, let's I also talk have uh, an amazing football. Christian McCaffrey story, too. Okay, we'll save that for later. We'll save that for later. Let's uh, let's talk football. Dave, I'll start with you. Any major fantasy impact from Super Bowl Fifty Four? No, I mean uh, maybe it's Damian <laughs> Williams that gets the credit that we thought about giving him during last off season, and then when 
the the preseason starts and training camp rolls, people get to really people really started to freak out about Damian Williams, and maybe they realized well he wouldn't be that guy. And then Lashawn McCoy came in, and everybody just kind of jumped off the Damian Williams bandwagon at that point. But he had a fantastic finish, and if the Chiefs don't make any additions to their run game, I think you could see Damian Williams go right back to where he was, probably closer to before Lashawn McCoy went to Kansas City, which was around three-ish type of a fantasy pick. I don't know if I'll get that high, but I I, I see where you're going. Um, it, it was it was interesting. I, I wrote the Damian Williams story for our site after the game. Um, About how he, sh- he should have been the MVP? I, I think so. You know, uh, I kind of got a 50-50 split on the response to that. Um, you saw a lot of players tweeting that he, he they felt he got robbed, um, you know, of the award. And, you know, I, I understand some of the sentiment that if you take away the 38-yard touchdown run with a minute left, do his numbers look as appealing? You know, he's yep. the first player in Super Bowl history to ever have a hundred yards rushing and a receiving and a rushing score in the same game. Um, one response to uh, saying that you know he should have gotten the award over Mahomes was, well, Mahomes led them back. What did Williams do before the score was, or what you know when the score was ten ten or when they were trailing twenty to ten? Well, Mahomes threw two interceptions in that span too. You mm-hmm. know, so um, that that's kind of the reason why I think Mahomes loses a little bit in this regard, but. Uh, look, we know what the award is. It's it's mostly slated toward quarterbacks, but Williams was was fantastic. The the cool thing was, um, Damian Williams uh, spoke to uh, our guys on, on CBS Sports HQ on the field, Pete Prisco and Danny Cannell. It was a cool interview, uh, but he took a long time to to get into the interview room after the Super Bowl, and as a result, uh, I got to ask a lot of his player, a lot of his teammates, um, you know, just about about the game and listen to other people ask about him as well, and the. The, the sentiment, what they feel for him, um, you know, his, his fullback, Anthony Sherman, you know, just glowing uh, about what he was able to accomplish. The fact that he doesn't, you know, he runs hard, doesn't go out of bounds. I think that kind of ties into his fantasy fortunes in that, you know, he's a guy that sort of runs to contact a little bit, you know, not necessarily a typical Andy Reid type of running back, mm-hmm. um, but he's so good in the passing game. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey, you know, he, he said, we just knew we had to feed that man. You know, that's what he, he, he said. Uh, two six is one of the hardest working guys in the business. Tyree Kill, you know, he said he's such a difference maker for our offense. Uh, it, it seems as if, you know, they have such a tight knit unit. Um, it, the first words out of Tyree Kill's mouth were, you know, I'd, I'd love to keep this team together forever, but that's just not realistic. And we'll see what they do to add to their backfield uh, on media night. I think we saw, we spoke about this during the week last week. Uh, I spoke to Miko Hardman, you know, he talked about, you know, hopefully getting a bigger role. And, you know, the one thing he said was if two years from now, if I'm not making a lot of money, I'm probably going to be out of the league, meaning that he's either going to take a big step forward or he's probably not going to be around. And so we'll see if he's a, a, a bigger factor as well. But I do think they'll probably add somebody else just because Williams in his entire career has never stayed healthy. And that was my concern mm-hmm. last year. Uh, he missed five games this year. He missed parts of others. But when he's on the field, he's clearly a, a, a dynamic force in this offense. And if you just look at what Andy Reid said about him after the game, it kind of gives you a glimpse into how Reid feels about him. He referred to him as a powerful back for the three playoff games. And then he, he talked about a specific play that Williams had, and it was just power football. So he, obviously he knows that he's a good pass catcher out of the backfield, but he sees him as a power back as well. And if if he's got this track record of injuries, and we know that that's the case, then how can he last? Yeah, a long time one of the power one, one of the props, and, and Adam, I, I know you're probably trying to move us along, but one of the props 
was his receptions for the Super Bowl. And depending on where you got it, four, I think, Dave, you said, is where you saw I could, it. I could have gotten it at four. Uh, on the low end, I think it started to creep up almost to five, four and a half, five mm-hmm. in, in some cases. Um, he had four targets in the first quarter and could have had a touchdown in the first quarter as well. I think it was the first quarter. Uh, Mahomes overthrew him. Mm-hmm. Um, but they made a real big effort to, to keep him involved. You know, Mahomes getting the ball out quick. And it's just part of the Andy Reid offense. So whoever's back there is going to be probably involved in that regard. Um uh, and just one note on, on McCoy, obviously he didn't play, but he says he's not going to retire. Uh, he says he would like to eventually retire as an Eagle. That could just be signing a contract for one day and, you know, calling it quits. But um, doubtful he's going to be the guy that's back. In where game. Where is he going to go? I mean, you know, he could be like a Frank Gore and just hangs on and gets the right spot where he gets some touches. I guess that could be the case. By the way, the receiving yards prop for Damian Williams was 29 and a half. How many receiving yards did he have? 29. Yeah, Vegas is smart. Yeah, they took they took <laughs> my money on that one. Yeah, so I think the encouraging thing here for Damian Williams is that you compare his late season run in 2018, including the playoffs, to his late season run in 2019. There were more carries in 2019. At the end of 2018, it was, uh, I think, a six-game stretch. Yeah, six-game stretch where he was just really, really good. But in those six games, including the postseason, he had more than 13 carries only one time in those six games. If you look at his last... His last six healthy games, okay, take away one game where he left with an injury. Um, his last six healthy games of the season, including the playoffs, 19 carries, 16 carries, 12, 12, 17, 17. So more of a rushing workload plus the catches were there. But we'll see. I mean, because they just they came out in the regular season and they traded for McCoy right before the season started. And Damian Williams had 13 carries in week one, nine in week two. Missed some time, nine, then one, then nine, and said it was very frustrating. He really wasn't very good for fantasy. They didn't trade for McCoy. They signed McCoy, and that was part of the reason signed, why we, we were a little right. concerned was that they gave him more money in the one year than they gave Damien yeah. over the two years. Right. So, Jamie, any big fantasy impact from uh, Super Bowl 54 for you? Uh, you know, I, I think obviously you see that there's a, a very high ceiling for Debo Samuel. Um, you know, the fact that they – put the ball in his hands in so many different ways, you know, that's encouraging. Uh, but the downside of that is what the passing game is for, for the 49ers. And and they need to let Jimmy Garoppolo throw the ball more. It was really strange to see where he was trending end of 2017, beginning of 2018 to the player that we saw this year. Now there were some times where he cut it loose uh, and, and he looked really good when he was doing so. But as we saw down the stretch, whether it was just because the run game was so dominant or in the Super Bowl, it seemed like they were a little bit tentative to have him throw the ball downfield. He had, I don't know this off the top of my head, but he had, he was at one point actually had more air yards than than Mahomes in the game. But the the two throws that stand out, one was the one at the end of the first half to George Kittle down the field um, where Kittle had the unfortunate offensive pass interference call. The second one was at the end of the game where he just missed, I think it was Debo Samuel on, on, on the deep throw. He should have had Emmanuel no, Sanders, Sanders for a touchdown. Uh, Sanders, yeah. okay. He oh, should have had Sanders yeah, on, yeah, on, yes. on, on right. another touchdown as well. Um, but um, okay, That's what I meant. You know, uh, it 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 feels as if they need to open up the offense a little bit more, and maybe that comes with more trust with Debo Samuel, either bringing back Emmanuel Sanders or finding a better replacement. Obviously, George Kittle's a star, but it can't just be ground and pound all the time, and that Why? tends to. Well, I mean, they, as they you were see, eight, eight minutes away from they were eight minutes away from winning the Super Bowl, and I don't I, I don't know how good he is. I remember I said that I thought this game would sort of be an indication of how yes. we're going to think of Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, and, 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 and I think I think he's good. I, I just don't think he's great. And and I was thinking about that the entire fourth quarter after you know the Chiefs flipped the script and 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 were playing with the lead about what you were talking about. But I think you got to have more balance. You I mean you know you have to be able to okay if we're in this situation be able to rely on your passing game. And I just don't feel like they they did that enough. You know, it, it's, 
you know, I'll go back to two things Pete Prisco always says. One is be who you are, and they sort of got away from that a little bit to start the game. They didn't run the ball enough to start the game, I thought, um, getting away from what their identity is. But the other part about it is throw to score, run to win. And so their run game is so good, you can sort of sort of, you know, put teams on their heels a little bit more. Not that it, it obviously it worked for them. They got to the Super Bowl. The playoff run was fantastic. What they did against uh, Minnesota and and Green Bay with their ground game was great. But I think, you know, for what we talk about fantasy wise, and I think also NFL perspective is if they could have a little bit more balance, just a little bit more in the passing game, it'd be great for us. It'd be great for Debo. Uh, it would make Kittle that much better. And that's what we saw last year. You know, they had to throw the ball a lot more last year because their defense wasn't as good and their quarterback situation was different. But Shanahan allowed their quarterbacks to throw more. I'd like to see that for Garoppolo. And my fantasy takeaway was I'm sitting there, I'm just thinking I might change my mind on Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson because I have been, even in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, Lamar Jackson is my number one quarterback. Mahomes is obviously incredible. What he did in the postseason, uh, he had more than 40 points twice. He had 27 fantasy points, and he didn't even play that well for three-quarters of the game. In fact, Troy Aikman called him out, said he was basically having a bad game, not yep. playing well. And a lot of people thought that maybe he got, yeah, he got, he he got, got hurt you know, yeah. with, the, with the hit in the first quarter. Yeah. Right. And uh, right, the throw he made to Sammy Watkins late in the game was beautiful. The throw to Tyree Kill was obviously beautiful. So, you know, what, what he does, I don't know if it's more sustainable than what Lamar Jackson does because Lamar Jackson, he had over 1,200 rushing yards this year, and he was on pace in the seven starts he made in 2018. He was on pace for almost the exact same amount of yards, over 1,200. And Patrick Mahomes hasn't even been a 300-yard rusher, so I basically did a little math, and I said if Lamar Jackson has – about 1,100 more rushing yards than Patrick Mahomes. But Mahomes has 1,500 more. No, okay, sorry. If, if Lamar Jackson has 1,100 more rushing yards than Mahomes, but Mahomes has 15 more hundred passing yards than Jackson, well, then Patrick, and this, by the way, based on like projections of what they've done, that's kind of realistic. Mahomes would only need nine more touchdown passes to score more than. Jackson in a six point per passing touchdown league. So seems like, you know, I feel like I probably would bet on that. I would probably bet on him getting nine more touchdown passes than Lamar Jackson. And, and in theory, turnover is not a factor here. That might get Mahomes more, uh, more fantasy points than Jackson. You know, I wouldn't it just be awesome if they're both there, if they're both great. I mean, how I cool would so. that be? If, if we get 2018 Mahomes, 2019 Jackson and 2020, like that would just be amazing. It, well, not if you don't have them because you know, <laughs> you're screwed. Sure, everybody right. else gonna crush you. Uh, but yeah, you know, obviously uh, Mahomes. Well, you could is have great. You could he's have, young and it's fun. You could have 84 Marino too. We'll I'll throw that in. Well, yeah, we did talk to him. I hope everybody enjoyed that interview. All right, here, let's do some real quick Super Bowl questions. First of all, how good of a game was that? I did a Twitter poll. How good was that game? Great, very good, solid, or average or below average? What do you think the Twitter folk had to say? What do you think won? Great, very good, solid, or average or below average? Very I'll, good. I'll say very good won the poll. Correct. 43.1% hey. of the vote, followed by solid at 29.6%, followed by great 21%, and only 6% said average or below average. What would you guys say? Was it great, very good, solid, or average or below average? It was very good. It was an entertaining Super Bowl. Yeah, I voted great. I thought the the back and forth with the score, you know, um, 
was fun. You had some controversy with the, the lack of timeouts at the end of the, the first half, uh, mostly by the 49ers. Um, no penalties, you know, I mean, little, little penalties, you know, that's always a great game. You know, it went by quick, you know, it wasn't bogged down by flags on the field. You know, uh, a lot of people say, which I get, you know, they could have had some, uh, holding more holding yeah, calls. On, Niners fans will complain about on the, the chief side of that. I get that. That's, that, that's fair. Um, but you know, the, the offensive pass interference call, you could debate whether he, you know, he pushed off or not. You right. know, most people say he will, but, but still it's tough to call that in that spot. Uh, in any event, you know, I, I thought it was, uh, for, for what we've gotten from the Super Bowls over the last few years, I thought it was right up there with some of the best. Oh, thank you for voting in the poll, by the way. And yeah, it was better than, uh, better than last year. Okay, next question. Well, I'll just, I'll go to this one since you brought it up. What did you think of the timeout situation at the end of the first half? Do I need to sum it up? I'll sum it up like this. Each team had three timeouts left. The Chiefs were about to punt. They had fourth and 13 at their own 49-yard line. Kyle Shanahan could have called his first timeout with about a minute and 50 seconds left. He decided to play conservatively, basically go into the half with his timeouts because he was concerned if they go three and out, the Chiefs use all their timeouts. You're giving Mahomes the ball back, possibly at midfield. So um, I actually thought... Either decision could have been fine, but I don't picture the 49ers lining up in a two-minute drill and going down the field. That's just not they what did. they do. So, mm, uh, well, if, yeah, if, they if sort Kittle, of did. If Kittle's, if yeah, Kittle's yeah. catch counts, they're right there for field goal or, or potential for touchdown. So they 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 went right, right down the field. The, well, that well, would have that would have saved some but, face for sure if that that penalty. But they did that happen. with no timeouts, though. They did it with no time. That's true. Yeah, I thought either decision would have been okay. I was fine with it. What did you think? Should he have called the timeouts? So the the reason why he didn't call a timeout before the punt was because he was worried that the punt could get down inside the five. And then mm -hmm. if you're down inside the five, then the Chiefs are going to use their timeouts while you're trying to run to just get out of the shadow of the end zone. So I get that. But then just that first play where they ran, they were looking for an explosive run. That's what Shanahan said after the game. They got a decent run, and they just let the clock keep ticking. At some point, I would have used one of those three he timeouts. Did. But it took a while. He ran like two plays off before he actually did I take don't a think timeout. he did. I, I, think the I think the Chiefs did. No, The Chiefs did on third down. And then they, they got a big play for a first down. Yeah, I, I don't Wilson, remember exactly what he did, but he used one in the drive. He used one after the Chiefs called timeout on third down. Then they converted like a 20-yard play to Jeff Wilson, and then he called timeout, and then you had the Kittle play, which got called back, and then right. he just took a knee. And That's exactly what down. happened. That's a minute and 50 yeah. seconds that the 49ers potentially could have managed better. And then they got the ball back to start the third quarter, and they ran like five minutes worth of plays then, and they only got three points. So between both of those times, that's when a team like the Patriots usually scores two yeah. touchdowns. And that's the difference between champions and, and not champions. It doesn't have to be touchdowns. You're just putting points on the board. I mean, you're giving your chance to, you know, it's, it's a different game if it's 23-10 as opposed to 2010. You know, mm -hmm. the more pressure on the, on the Chiefs. And sure. I, I will say this. I thought the 49ers, when they held them to a field goal in the first half, if they would have been down 14-3, I don't know if they would have recovered from that. All right, next question. Was it pass interference yeah. on George Kittle? It was, but I don't I don't know if you call that. How how often do you see a call like that during the regular season? Fifteen. It, does that matter though? Time. If it was pass yeah. interference if it was pass interference, you call it. You call yeah, it. Yeah, but we've see we see receivers push off all the time and there's no flag. I thought it, I thought it was a I don't think it was so, time. I don't think you know, they're hand fighting. I don't think it was so blatant that he, you know, that that's what made yes. the play. Fair. Okay, uh, best commercial. Jamie, I know you can't answer that. My favorite of the ones that I saw was the Bill Murray one. The, oh, you the Groundhog. Yep. I mean, that was great. That was great. Uh, yeah. that was, that, the I fact like that the they Cheetos. got Ned Ryerson Excellent. in it was, yeah. was awesome. Uh -huh. 
Yeah, Cheetos for me with uh, the MC Hammer with it can't touch this was great too. Uh, but I didn't really pay that much attention. Best food you ate last night? I had a boxed peanut butter and jelly sandwich for the auxiliary meeting. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that was great. Uh, my wife nice. makes a killer spinach and artichoke dip, and we got wings. So I'm fat, and I dipped the wings into the spinach and artichoke dip. That's good. It was really really good. Ooh, that's I had a good awesome. spinach and art- artichoke that. dip at Yard House. Before before I left for the stadium, we all had spinach and artichoke dip yesterday. The best thing I ate oh. was the cookie cake. Mm-hmm. What? We no, go ahead, finish. Cake. I got yeah. a good story for you. Yeah, the, <laughs> the cookie cake was very funny. It, it was so generic. It just had the big game written on it in icing. I was like, oh, you should wow, have had really spe- well special that. event <laughs> special fifty four on the cookie cake, Dave. Um, yeah. Yes, when you uh, when you have people over to your house, yeah. Uh, oh and boy. it's planned oh, situation. Okay. How often? How early do you extend the invitation for people to come over? For the most part. Oh, oh I mean, it, it could be as soon as a couple of hours or a couple of days. Okay, most people do a couple of days. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Okay. To be courteous, right? To the, yeah. The people. We what are you about. doing this weekend? Nothing. You want to come hang out? So, sure. um, as as most people who listen to us uh, are aware, uh, we have a former colleague who's you know friends with um all of us but lives within proximity of uh of our esteemed hoster adam mazer um this person may have introduced adam to his wife i don't know um their wives may be you know yep. best friends uh-huh. since college uh yeah he he, he invited nando to his uh, i don't wait he didn't invite nando his wife yes i did no uh, I, did. I did. okay maybe i did. did i did okay. so he yes. invited he invited nando who has a uh how old is his daughter now almost two yeah um no no almost one no like yeah like 15 no. months. Right. Like 15 months. Somewhere between Six, one yeah, and 16 months. Right. Uh, uh, hey, uh, uh, would you believe Azer just invited me to uh, to his party uh, just, just today? Uh, uh, <laughs> he was not happy yeah, with you. Not, I, look, we, we, we settled on having a party on Saturday. I invited no, him on Sunday No, 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 morning. no, no. You told us you were having a Super Bowl party last week. Oh, then it was Friday. Friday. No, like, I, did, I didn't go to lunch with you Friday. Yes. You told me Thursday. You told me Thursday. Crap. All right. Well, it was it was only, but it was only my wife's family, and then uh-huh. and then oh, I, it was. I, okay. So anyway, uh, best food I ate was cookie cake, and uh, how did you do with prop bets and DFS? I was terrible with my prop bets. I did not expect a huge game from Damian Williams. I thought the tight ends would have better games, so I didn't make them. Thankfully, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, prop bets, DFS. How'd you guys do? I I did not partake in any DFS and I lost one unit in prop bets. Each unit for me is one dollar. I lost a dollar. <laughs> uh, I did go with DFS. <laughs> I did not make any prop bets. Okay, the funny prop bets, uh, like the well, okay, the Mahomes rushing yards thing was crazy because he lost fifteen yards. That on was three ridiculous. Yes. I thought that and, was like uh, a like and, a, and a football faux pas to do something like that when you're taking a kneel down. Like Greg Schiano would have to run the clock told out. his guys to beat him up and get a flag if that happened. It worked out because it basically timed it perfectly to be able to yeah, run out the clock with the that ball long away. pass. But right. Everybody was taking the over on that and on his rushing yards, which was around thirty. You know, depending on where he got it. And I saw one. One. one went two way guys, over. Two of the guys I was sitting next to. One was that one got it at thirty. One got it at thirty-five. Yeah, he went over both of those until the kneel downs, and he ended mm-hmm. up with less than 30. Yep. Uh, so that was crazy. And then we were in the car 
uh, you know, Radio Row was really far away from where Dave and Heath and, and I lived or my parents lived and I was staying. So we had long car rides every day in a ton of traffic. And we were talking about prop bets. And one that came up was uh, Debo was over under on players who would throw a pass in the game was two and a half. And we, I think we said we would take the over, and Debo Samuel was going to throw. Remember, yep. he had the mm-hmm. ball, he was going to yep. throw, he was looking, and then he ran. And I don't Smart think anyone play. else other than yep. the quarterbacks threw. Yeah, so that went under. So, a couple notes from Ben Schrager. Jimmy what Garoppolo. About your, what about your terrible halftime take? Oh, I forgot to ask about what you thought about halftime. I thought it was awful. Uh, I thought What's it was wrong really, with you? Look, I, well, wow. I kind of knew I wasn't going to like it because I thought, honestly, like those two artists, they're not relevant. I don't like any they're of them. They're not relevant. They're, what? When was the last time they did anything in pop culture? I mean, like, whenever, oh whenever God. was, whenever, wherever was so long ago. Jenny from the Block was so long ago. These are not, these are not like, I, okay. I just thought, I, I didn't, I don't care for their music. And it was just like sexy dancing. I, what, what is oh, that? Oh, who what wants that? to see that, right? That's terrible. But I, it was also like, it, it was extremely entertaining. I thought it was a very entertaining half. It was well done. I don't care that Man. Shakira and J-Lo don't have a new album out that they're promoting. They put on a hell of a show. Uh, the choreography was amazing. I I didn't know half the songs that were on there. I still enjoyed it. I, I'm, I'm sorry Glad that this couldn't it. be a Brian Adams acoustic <laughs> solo act at half. Wait, wait, he's relevant, though. He's relevant. Yeah, right. He's relevant. He's relevant. Yeah, he's got world. better songs than them. I mean, if you're gonna get people who aren't current, they should be legendary, like you two when they did the halftime show or Prince. I'm sorry, you know, Lady Gaga doesn't have to be relevant. She's like legendary even at her young age. And those two Kira aren't legendary J-Lo to me. No, leg- no, to me they're not. They're not. Wow. Like, I think J Lo is legendary in terms of just like as all forms of entertainment. Yeah, she's an entertainer. Yes, like we don't know her I just agree. for her singing. She's also proven to be an accomplished actress, and she does. And I, I would say Shakira that. is a legendary performer because she does things obviously in, in in different languages that make her legendary to different you know sections of the world. But yeah, um, all right. Well, I thought it, it encaptured Miami and South Florida yeah. very very well. I thought it was great. Yeah, I guess I just You're wrong. didn't really care about that okay all right ben schrager gave me a couple notes jimmy garoppolo was one for nine for 20 yards and two interceptions when he was pressured he did not complete yep. a pass over 20 yards and, and a lot of that came in the, the fourth blitzes. yeah right i'll give you i want to see what they're going to do to either bring back emmanuel sanders or replace him you know is it going to be a rookie is it going to be maybe dante pettis gets another shot um you know what's the what's the plan to upgrade this receiving core because you know, yeah. Sanders is a fine number two. I think if they did throw the ball more, we'd see more production from him. We saw it, you know, in two of the three games that Garoppolo let it loose. He was productive in those two games. So that's one that I want to see what that spot's going to be. Um, and I think that'll be interesting to see what Emmanuel Sanders does. You know, does he want to try and get back with the 49ers and see if they can make another run? Because they're, they're certainly poised to do so. Or does he just chase dollars and try to get one more last payday? By the way, everything that you just talked about, we're, we're having... Totally different conversations on today if Garoppolo hit Sanders for that deep ball that in, yeah. inside of two minutes. He was yeah. off by like three or four yards. It was a bad overthrow. But if he hits him there, we're, we're talking about Garoppolo winning 
theoretically he's the winning the Super Bowl, no, being the MVP. the MVP. Where do you draft him in fantasy next year? Is he a potential starter? Is Emmanuel Sanders going to stay? Right. No. He's, and he's, he, even if he doesn't, he cashes in somewhere else. Like that's how close things were in this game, and, and how they are in pretty much every. Game. He's potentially over three hundred yards, or right around three hundred yards, um, yep. or two two eighty. You know, at least that would have been a prop bet that he would have hit. Um, and it would have been two touchdowns, one interception, you know, because, you know, take away the last one at the end. It changes so much yeah. if he just makes that one throw, if he makes that throw. He also had Sanders, and and this was the other player I was referring to, uh, you know, where it looked like he got held. Um, it was, you know, looked like a, a some sort of a post yeah. route. Um, and Shanahan went nuts. Like, he, mm-hmm. thought, he, was, yeah. he thought he was held. Um, and, and it's hard to really see, like, where the where Sanders came out of his break and where the contact was, if it was in five yards or not. But... That's another play that that Garoppolo missed. You know, he had some he had some nice throws. You know, and, and, he had and some, some, some some good play design. The Jeff Wilson play you referenced at the end of the half. You know, that mm-hmm. was a brilliant play call. Um, but there were just some 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 tough things from Garoppolo. Yeah, the stat I wanted to give from ESPN from Nick Nick Wagner of ESPN: the Chiefs blitzed on fifty four percent of Jimmy Garoppolo's dropbacks, their highest blitz rate since two thousand eleven against Tim Tebow. So how about that, Spags? With a good job there, a good game plan. I guess at least at Frank, the end, they, they really dialed it up. Frank Clark said after the game that if they held him to around 200 yards, they felt they were going to win mm-hmm. because they didn't think that they were going to have the same success running and they wanted to make him throw. So they said if he can get above 200 yards, uh, they feel like they're going to be in a, in a good spot. And, you know, that, that's essentially what happened. You know, the the run game, despite the fact that they had a 10-point lead, just wasn't there. The fact that Damian Williams outrushed both Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman by himself. Um, that speaks sort of volumes to how this game unfolded. Uh, for the Chiefs' defense, going to be interesting. Chris Jones, after the game, we coming back. We're going to win this again next year. We're going to repeat. He's a free agent. You know, yeah. that's that's a big, big key to that defense and 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 what the Chiefs' defense can look like next year. A lot of good, a lot of good players there that finally clicked at the end of the season, as we saw. It was essentially that Titans game in Week Ten. They 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 changed and they flipped things. The run defense specifically, but but as a whole, and and we'll see. Uh, Brashad Breeland played an amazing game. You he know, did. had the interception, had a big tackle in the first half. Uh, he did a really nice job in that game too. But you know, again, I don't still think that they were challenged very much. You know, it's it's something that, that I'd like to see more from that 49ers passing attack, and you know, could have been a little bit different with this game. And the other note from Ben Schrager: Damian Williams is the first player in Super Bowl history with 100 plus rush yards and a receiving touchdown. And based on what I heard earlier, I think all three of us feel like. He should have won MVP. Jamie said that. I think Dave agreed. And I, I don't. Think I don't so agree. Well. But oh, I, don't? I understand Mahomes? the case for it. Yeah, Mahomes okay. was a bigger part All of right. it for Kansas City. All right, a few things I want to talk about real quick, and then we'll answer some fantasy questions about the Chiefs and the 49ers. All right, first of all, it's fantasy baseball season now, okay? Football's over, but we're not going anywhere. We still have three shows per week, but fantasy baseball, we're kicking it into high gear. Five shows per week, beginning either this week or next week. We'll either have four or five this week, and then we'll have five next week, Um, and the position previews are coming out probably next week as well, so... Uh, so please listen to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast and all of our shows on cbssports.com slash podcasts or just search wherever you listen to your shows. If you're sending us an email, oh, by the way, I'm not going to be on a lot of the football shows for the next couple of weeks because I need to focus on baseball right now. I'm way behind, so uh, I won't be on much, probably one a week. So if you don't like me, this is going to be a great couple of weeks for you. Um, and now, if you want to email our show, Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com and put, please put something like fantasy football in the subject line. So right now I'm getting so many baseball emails and I don't want to lose your football emails in that mess. So please just put something in there to indicate that it's a football email. And our newsletter, cbsports.com slash newsletter. Go there to stay up to date with fantasy football content all off season long. 
news of the day, podcast content, editorial pieces, prospect profiles, rankings, and more. That's cbssports.com slash newsletter. See if there's anything else I wanted to give statistically. Uh, the Niners gained 59 yards on their last four possessions. That's that not good. was not very good. No. Uh, okay, so let's get into the questions for Kansas City and for San Francisco. Before we do that, Dave Richard. Yes. Tell us about our new tell us about our newest sponsor, Coors Light. The newest sponsor for the FFT podcast is Coors Light. And I just let, let me let me just set this scene for you, okay? It's the week between uh the conference championship games and the Super Bowl. And I uh I, I just come back from Mobile from the Senior Bowl. I know I've got this busy week ahead with the Super Bowl coming. Uh, I've got a lot of work headed my way. I'm out to lunch with my wife. And I just need to chill. And that's why Coors Light is the one I choose when I need a moment of chill. I enjoyed a cold, smooth beer that didn't have that gross aftertaste. Coors Light just hit the spot. It's nothing fancy. It's nothing with a bunch of random ingredients in it. Just a perfect Coors Light to put a pause on my busy schedule and refresh myself. Get myself ready for the big week ahead. So when you want to reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. It's Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment. And it's made to chill. Coors Light, celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yes, thank you, Dave. And thank you, Coors Light, for becoming our newest sponsor. And Dave actually texted me. We were talking about the sponsorship a few weeks ago. He texted me. He's like, hey, damn, I love that beer. And uh, actually heard that spiel about being out to lunch um, with his wife and drinking the Coors Light. It's a true story. our listeners got to enjoy it. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you very much, Coors Light, for hopping on. All right, so... Uh, Kansas City questions. Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? I've gone back and forth since the end of the season. Right now, I feel like Mahomes, just because of the, what happens to the number one quarterback, they always seem to struggle after finishing number one the year before. There's just not a lot of repeat performances in that um, in that regard. So I'll probably flip-flop 10 more times before we get to August. But right now, Mahomes. Probably I, just a little recency bias. I, I've got Mahomes in there, too. I had it before the Super Bowl. I'm already starting to like his schedule for next year because not only does he play the teams in the West, he's got AFC East. There's a couple of weak defenses in there. And the NFC South, I'm looking at those defenses, and I don't think they're going to be able to hold him down. I'm not sure what defense is really going to be able to hold down Patrick Mahomes. This is the worst he's played. This is the worst that you'll get. If you're talking 286-2-2 with 29 rushing yards on top of that and three total touchdowns, you'll take it. Yeah, and look at what he did at the beginning of the 2019 season, three straight games with huge numbers. Lamar did it for a whole year, and I totally get that. But I wonder if there's going to be, you know, ways that teams prepare for Lamar Jackson. I think Jackson will end up having a tougher schedule than Mahomes, and defenses are going to be more up to slowing them down. Yeah, now, even if it's just those two games against Pittsburgh, I also think that there's a chance that Baltimore adds something to their passing game, and if that happens, then you know there's going to be a switch there too. So there's a lot of moving parts between these two quarterbacks. But for now, I agree with you. I think Mahomes is the safer of the two, but I wouldn't mind having either one. When are you drafting Damian Williams? Round three to four-ish. Maybe three in PPR, but not before round three in non-PPR. It's just, it's just he, he you... can't stay healthy. It's just, it, yeah. it's just something that that's And you know him. that there's going to be something added there, right? So maybe round four at the earliest is what I should say. This is, this is uh, 2014, so this is six years in the league, you know, and he's never played 16 games, especially as a starter. And this was his first season with more than 50 carries. Uh, so, yeah, he just doesn't have that workload. Uh, would you take – let me just look up our latest mock draft to see where he went. Damian Williams or 
Devin Singletary. Singletary. Singletary right now. Snap call. Okay. Uh, is Darwin Thompson worth drafting? Jamie, I think we talked about him being a potential sleeper a couple weeks ago. No, last week when when I spoke last to him on media night. Yeah, uh, absolutely. If if he's the second guy uh, on the depth chart, then for sure. You know, if you're if you're if you're looking at Williams missed five games and and parts of others. If they don't bring anybody in significantly, now they they can draft somebody late. They did it with Thompson last year. You know, it was a six round pick at Utah State, and he's not the biggest guy. Uh, I felt bad for him because when Williams had the run to set up the first touchdown and his helmet popped off, uh, Thompson came in, and I was like, oh, wow, he's going to get a touchdown. Yeah, you're right. You got that shot. That's such a probably a feel-good moment for, for a rookie in that spot, and he got stuffed, and then uh, then Mahomes ran it in. So, um, But if he's if he's the number two running back there, then he's going to be very uh, very appealing for a lot of reasons. And you'll, you'll love the idea of drafting him if you take Damian Williams first on draft day. And I rushed into Darwin Thompson a little too much. We still had him as a second half of the draft type of pick this past year, but uh, it it was pretty clear that he needs a little bit more time to mature and be a better football player. And hopefully this off season, that's what he does. Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. Who do you draft first? Kelsey. Kelsey. Who did you draft first this past year? Hill. But well, they were well, like right. We had the same, oh, so right, we had right, the, right, 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 right. Before the right, suspension scenario, it was uh, it was Hill for me. I think it was Hill okay. for me too. But they were both right in that range between ten and fifteen overall, where I would have taken them. I wouldn't have mind starting my team with Kelsey and Hill. Yeah, I mean Hill's Hill's really interesting because he's not. You know, I, I think I might take Hill ahead of Kelsey in non PPR, uh, but in PPR he's worse than a lot of wide receivers because he's probably going to be about an 85 catch guy, which isn't great. But since he gets 15 yards per catch or more, he's probably going to be a 1,300-yard guy receiving-wise, which is really good, which in three of the last four years, there have only been three or four wide receivers who have had 1,300 receiving yards. And he's probably going to catch 10 or more touchdowns based on uh, 16 games last year and his 16-game pace this season, if you take out week one when he only played 12 snaps. If you, so if you, really and, good and he had the other injury too, which, you know, sort of hurt him. And who knows how healthy he was when he first came back from the shoulder injury. The numbers were there in those first couple of games, but, you know, you just don't know like where he was physically and everything. And that may have led to some of the, the, the lack of elite production. But if you're getting 2018 Tyreek Hill, you're taking him, you know, maybe in the first 10 picks. Yeah, I'll just give one last thing on Hill. So in 2018, he was the number one wide receiver in non PPR, number three in PPR. In 2019, I'm taking away the Jacksonville game he barely played. If I look at the other games, his his uh, per-game numbers based on his healthy games, he was the number uh, three, number five wide receiver in non-PPR, number eight in PPR. Mm-hmm. So pretty good body work, you know, Fair. so you, you know what you're getting. Um and again, you know, this is a, a receiving core that's going to be a little bit in flux. The Sammy Watkins come back, as we saw in the postseason. Sammy Watkins was great. You know, three straight solid games. You know, not dynamic ones. The last two were very good, but you know, the the one against the Texans where he just had the two catches for over seventy yards. That's not great. But you know, if you're getting those three games worth of production consistently, that that'd be a nice receiver to have. But how much more does Michael Hardman take over? How much more does they? You know, or do they bring in somebody else with uh, Demarcus Robinson, a free agent? Um, you know, his his fourteen million dollar price tag is is hard to justify. Now, Tyree Kill said after the game, we've gotten in the playoffs the Buffalo Sammy Watkins, and that receiver was pretty special when he was on the field. So, 
Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they sort of build around or keep the same at that position. Okay. And then I guess if you want to answer one more question, it's, it's Sammy Watkins. Do you still think he can be – I don't know if he could be great, you know, because at times he's been really great in his career. But could he be a number two wide receiver depending on where he ends up? A number two fantasy wide receiver, top 24 guy. I would have a hard time taking him as a. I wouldn't draft him as a number two guy, but I I think you know um, he'll be in that number three, number four receiver range for a lot of people. Um, if he's with the Chiefs, I, I think that's the case. If he goes someplace else, you know that's going to be the determining factor. But this is now three years of Sean McVay, Andy Reid, and he's been good at times. A couple times he's been great. But for the most part, it's just been uh, tough to trust, you know, whether due to injury or, or and he, he he talked about this. You know, he said, you know, I, I've, I've struggled with injuries. I've been labeled a bust. Um, you know, now I'm a Super Bowl champion. And, you know, he his big play came against Richard Sherman. That was uh, that was a nice uh, move that he made to get open. And, and, and the throw obviously was was brilliant. But um, you just don't see it enough consistently and this year was was probably the most frustrating of the post buffalo tenure because with tyree kill missing those four games and after that big game in week one you thought wow this is such an amazing opportunity for him maybe things have clicked he's he stayed healthy really for the majority of the season and it just was disappointment after disappointment a lot of it was a lack of the touchdowns but he's just not been consistent enough for what his talent level is and in the opportunities he's been given to play with Jared Goff when he was coming up and, and McVay and, and Mahomes when he was the MVP and just not producing week in, week out. He has four games with 14 or more PPR points in his last two seasons. 24 games. Wow. Wow. Okay. So let's go to our San Francisco questions here. Should Jimmy Garoppolo be drafted in a 1QB league? No. No. And okay, even if question. even if he had connected with Emmanuel Sanders on that big score, I I don't think I would change my answer. And and I don't think it's a, a just a twelve team league. I don't think it's a fourteen team league. I don't think it's a sixteen team league. There's just so many good quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, it's just not he's not at that point right now where you're drafting him to be your guy. Joe Burrow or Jimmy Garoppolo? Burrow. It, I agree. I'm taking Burrow. Yeah, I get the only case for Garoppolo is that. Shanahan's amazing, and Garoppolo's yards per attempt is oh is going to be very high, and so almost certainly. And if he throws more, you know, maybe he could turn that into something. I, okay. I'd, I'd love uh, for that to you, be wrong. I'd love for him to be a starter for fantasy because I think he can be. But just you know, what we've seen this year does not make you feel comfortable enough to put him in that category. Next question: Do you want a San Francisco running back? At the right spot on draft day, sure. I I wouldn't want to reach for Mostert. I'm certain that whether Coleman stays or goes because he could be a cap casualty, I doubt whether it. they keep Brita, it's not that yeah. big of a cap hit if they let him if they keep him. So I agree with you, but the the potential is there. I don't know what what they really think of Tevin Coleman at this point. I think they think very highly of him. The fact that Mostert just came off a 200 yard performance and four touchdowns, and Coleman got the first carry. Yeah, but they I mean, Mostert almost never got the first. But that's carry. the point. Brita had the first snap two games ago. But that's the point is that Coleman was the guy the first playoff game. They gave him 22 carries after Mostert had been so successful for them down the stretch. Adams references it all the time. His yards per attempt has been fantastic. It's just they do not seem to say, Raheem Mostert, you're our guy. We're going to lean on you. You're going to carry us okay. to success right. until the guy who they seem to want to favor got hurt and had to leave the game on a cart. So... I think if it comes back the same scenario this year, 
We talked about this, you know, coming off the, the playoff game last year, talking about it last week. If I can get Tevin Coleman cheap, I'm going to get Tevin Coleman cheap. Just like you said, it comes down to value. I'm not going to reach for Raheem Mostert if I have to reach for him. If he falls, I'll take him at the right price. All I right, think, so, I think, where, all right I think, so where is that spot for Mostert? Is that round seven? I think he's gone by then, if it's just these two. I think he is, too. I think, but that's well, where I would want to get him. I, he I, went in round seven in our PPR draft. In non PPR, he'll okay. go earlier than but, that. But he but went we also, seven before the we round also did that draft before the two playoff games. Right. Yeah, but Coleman had five carries yesterday. So I know he got the he got three on the first drive. He got two the rest of the game. So I don't want to make it sound like they were really like leaning on Tevin Coleman. They obviously no, no, gave no, 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 no. a lot more work. Yeah, they, they, I was I was watching when Moster was coming in, and it was obvious rushing downs. He had the one catch in the game, which you know uh, it was. I think it was in the first half. Yeah, and so the the prop was two catches, um, and I was like, oh, because I kept telling people take the take the under on that because he just never catches the ball, um, and that's what I think hurts his fantasy value is that he's not involved in the passing game. But you know, Coleman, I, I still think is just in the way, and that's the problem for Raheem Mostert. He's He's the guy that Kyle Shannon has the rapport with. And maybe that changes in the offseason. Maybe it's like, okay, I got to reevaluate. And Raheem Mostert was so good for us. And, you know, after what they did to the Packers, maybe Shanahan takes a, a, a deeper dive into this game in particular and says, maybe if we gave Raheem Mostert 20 carries again, the score is different when we're up 20 to 10. I don't know. But I, I, yeah. I like yeah. I like Mostert better. I just don't think Coleman right. is going to be out of the way enough that makes Mostert a great fantasy option. And I think if the 49ers can improve on Coleman – they have the option to. We just don't know what's going to be out there and who they like. And this is this is a pretty decent group of draft running running backs in the draft that can be complementary running backs, not I, lead guys. Those I, are the types yeah, of guys that the 49ers like to I, find. I don't think that's a route that they go because I think they really like Jeff Wilson. You know, I just don't know. That they he could him. end up taking right. I, I, I don't. Th- I don't think he takes the spot, but I think he takes the Breida McKinnon. Roster spot, you know, because Breida's still a have McKinnon. Bre- Do I, I mean, I'd Breida's a surprise if McKinnon, right? Being a but Breida's a restricted free agent. We'll see what happens there. So I think it's going to be still a tandem committee, however you want to view it. You know, with the two guys at the top being the two guys who played the most in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. of Coleman and and Mostert, and then we'll see who the uh, who the third guy is because that's going to be really an interesting position. Mostert, last five games of the regular season, he was a top 10 running back, eighth in non-PPR, 10th in PPR, and he did that with the 20th most rush attempts and with six catches. So obviously he has to be incredibly efficient. He averaged 5.9 yards per carry, and he scored seven touchdowns in those five games, six on the ground. But, you know, it's just you can't really rely on that type of efficiency. We need more touches. Next question for the 49ers. Debo Samuel, the young up-and-comer, or A.J. Green, the old guy who's always hurt. Who would you rather have next year? Is A.J. Green with the Bengals? Yes. I don't know if I mind A.J. Green with the Bengals. No, no, that's what I'm asking. Because if he's, I don't know, Tampa Bay with... Uh, well, that would be good. That'd be bad. Oh, if he's the third receiver Yeah, if he's in Bay. Tampa Bay with Phillip Rivers, I hate that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so... Uh, or New England with Jared Stidham. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, there, there are a few scenarios okay. at play here where A.J. Green can get worse. Uh, i probably still take A.J. Green, but it's close. I think I, I think I have Debo higher, but it's just because I'm kind of gaga for him. So I'm not sure if I would keep that. I agree it's close. And when do you draft George Kittle? I think you're going to say round two, but give me a little yep. bit more specifics there. I would round go- 15. <laughs> yes. Just tell everybody else in your league not to take them. It's toward the end of round two, beginning of round three. Okay. So Basically where I was drafting him this past year. Chris Godwin or George Kittle? Godwin. Godwin. Cool. 
Okay, Radio Row was really fun. We're going to tell you about it. We're going to take a quick break. Ben Schrager's going to join us here. This next portion is probably going to be audio only. So if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you can check out the full show, Fantasy Football Today. Download the podcast. Or maybe we'll put this audio portion on the video. I don't know. But um, our video, uh, you're not going to see us anymore. But uh, thanks a lot to our video crew today. And let's talk about uh, sports movies and Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes to start your franchise. And more from an awesome, awesome week at Radio Row right after this. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual-wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. All right, welcome back. So a little bit different now. Uh, we're just going to kind of recap, highlight how fun last week was. It was really cool. It was my first time on Radio Row. Uh, and Ben Schrager's on the show now. I imagine it was your first time on Radio Row. Yeah, it was my first time as well. Had a great time hanging out with you guys, hanging out with players Aww. and talking to media members who we read about all the time but don't get to talk to every day. And Dave, thanks for driving. You're welcome. Yeah, a lot of driving. How did I do? You were great. You were great. I would have given you five stars and a tip. Hey, yeah. Uh, and Jamie was super busy hosting a ton of stuff on HQ. I really hope everybody had a chance to check it out. It was really HQ at its best. A uh, ton of great interviews. Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey. Oh, what was the Christian McCaffrey story, Jamie? So uh, if you know Pete Prisco, uh, drink, and you know that he hates running backs. So we had literally back-to-back the total opposite of running backs that he loves and he hates. We had Derrick Henry, who was with us. Uh, as part of fantasy football today. And then Christian McCaffrey uh, jumped on. I think um, you were on, Adam, right, with, with yep. Henry? No, no, I was on with Henry. And then, right. so yeah. You and Dave jumped off, and Pete Prisco and Bryant McFadden got on the show with McCaffrey. So I was asking McCaffrey you know, about his year and all that stuff, and then we were talking about Matt Rule. And then BMAC, um, who is uh, the Steelers cornerback, two-time Super Bowl champion, he says to McCaffrey, he goes, so this guy next to me, points at Pete, hates running backs <laughs> and doesn't think that you guys are worth anything uh, because you're interchangeable. And McCaffrey sort of like was uh, caught off guard a little bit. And I said, well, let me let me let me let me defend Pete for a second here. I said he doesn't like Derrick Henry type running backs or guys that just run between tackles and don't necessarily catch the ball. He loves guys like you. And McCaffrey went on to say he doesn't really consider himself a running back. He considers himself an offensive weapon because he just had 100 catches, over 1,000 yards receiving. And he said a lot of receivers don't do that, which I think is very smart by him to sort of say, I'm about to get paid, so don't pay me a running back salary. Um, And then Pete says to McFadden, he goes, well, now that you threw me under the bus, um, and he goes on to have this great conversation with McFadden, which you could see on CBS Sports HQ if you download it and watch it on on demand or just check it on CBSports.com. You can find it there. Um, They had a great conversation about running backs and just how – Guys like McCaffrey are are 
difference makers uh, because, as Pete calls them, airbacks because of what they do in the passing game. Uh, fast forward to the next day, Pete is doing a hit outside of uh, the convention center, which is where we are, the Miami Beach Convention Center. McCaffrey is on his way to the NFL Honors. McCaffrey stops, goes over to Pete and says, uh, I thought that was a really cool conversation that we had. Is there any way to continue it? Now Pete's going to go have a sit-down with McCaffrey in uh, in Charlotte leading up to the season. And so that whole exchange of BMAC throwing him under the bus <laughs> um, has now uh, led to what could be a nice exclusive for us at CBS Sports of um, arguably the best fantasy running back. So I think it was kind of cool. And didn't McCaffrey tell you something about the type of fantasy league that he uh, appreciates. So, so uh, uh, for anybody that watched our show live or, or, you know, I don't know how much it came over on the audio portion of the show, but I, with every player, and this is the second year I've done this, I, I have them look into the camera, tell them why the fantasy player should draft them. And, you know, you get some guys that are really into it. Melvin Gordon uh, for two years now, I think has been one of the best, if not the best. He definitely was in 20, uh, the 2019 Super Bowl. Um, but McCaffrey said, uh, you know, I said for him specifically, I said, look in the camera and tell everybody why you should be the number one overall pick. And he said, you know, I'm continue to do what I what I did this year, um, you know, put up the catches, give you yards. You know, I, I try not to fumble. Uh, and he said, you know, people come up to me all the time and say, you're great in PPR. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but and we sort of joked with him like, oh, you're great because you catch the ball. He goes. I'm all for the PPR. <laughs> so, uh, it, was, it, it was it was one of the better ones as well. So uh, essentially, like they're like wrestling promos. You know, cut cut a yeah. promo and tell everybody why yeah. he should be great. So uh, well, he was he was fun. With Adam, we need that sound bite of McCaffrey saying, I, "I'm all for PPR." Okay, we'll get that. Oh, by the way, uh, related news based on the Pete Prisco story: um, Derek Henry also wants a sit down exclusive interview with Pete Prisco, but it uh, it's probably not going to go as well as the I, one with. I McCaffrey. did say to Pete and B Mac, I said if B Mac would have done that to you with Derek Henry, he might have knocked you about four steps over. <laughs> Uh, for a guy that's about to enter a contract year, and you're saying running backs don't matter to him. <laughs> All right, so uh, while Jamie was doing serious stuff, I was trying to you know, make myself busy and productive. Let's ask some goofy questions. I don't remember what we were going to start it as, but somebody said, why don't we ask people about some of your worst takes? So we, we did a little bit of that. Ben and I uh, and Dave and Heath, we went around and we just found a lot of mostly media members the fox people were great they had a media event and we were able to inter- interview them ben who was the who was the what was the best interview you think we did i think the best one was robbie anderson who, oh, the one you did and only you the one i did and i don't think it's the interview i think it was one of the questions we were asking was waffles pancakes french toast rank them and he said well, uh, he didn't don't, like that, waffles that, don't give it away we're talking. about to, away. We're about to do this bro <laughs> Come on, yeah, no, he, that was uh, Carissa Thompson was the standout to me. She was awesome, so you'll hear from her. Pete Prisco was a great curmudgeon. You'll hear from him. All right, so some of the questions. Let's start with a football question. We asked. We asked a few people if you were starting an NFL franchise, would you rather have Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes? You're going to hear from Robbie Anderson, Carissa Thompson, uh, who hosts the pregame stuff uh, for Fox, and Drew Rosenhaus, who's superstar agent. So here we go. Quarterbacks, would you take Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes if you were starting a franchise? Robbie Anderson, Carissa Thompson, Drew Rosenhaus. A football question for you. Starting a franchise, Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes? I'm going with my boy LJ, man. LJ. Yes, sir. Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes if you're starting a franchise? Lamar Jackson. Why? I, I res- totally respect Patrick Mahomes, but, you know, it duels for quarterback. I work with Michael Vick, and, you know, I remember sitting on set with Terry Bradshaw. I go, Terry, don't you wish that you had Michael Vick's legs? And he's like, yeah, because the ability to be able to do to be that dual threat quarterback is just another, you know, tool in the, in the toolbox. Mahomes yeah. or Lamar Jackson, if you had to pick one for your for your NFL team? I uh, 
as great as Lamar Jackson is, boy, that's a toss-up. It would just depend what kind of offense I had. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think if you had uh, if you had a scheme, it would be dependent on which fits either player. So that's a toss-up. Well, he he's not gonna. That's a Rosenhaus is not gonna offend anyone, Dave. Like he's gonna play it safe with his answers. Uh, who would you guys rather have, Jackson or Mahomes, if you're starting a franchise? Today it's Mahomes. I think <laughs> a year was, from today it could be Jackson. <laughs> I think it's gonna be Mahomes for a little while because Mahomes, I have a feeling, has a lot more longevity than Lamar Jackson. Sure. It's a thousand percent Mahomes just because of the way that they play. It's such an easy one for me. I'm definitely taking Mahomes there. Okay. Ask some people about their favorite sports movie slash is Jerry Maguire a sports movie? This is mostly me trying to convince everyone that it is not a sports movie. Uh, so you're going to hear from Kurt Menefee, Pete Prisco, Brad Evans, a fantasy analyst, Carissa Thompson, and Brian Mitchell. All right. Is, what, what is your favorite sports movie? And, uh, well, you'll hear the questions, I guess. Here we go. What is your favorite sports movie? My favorite sports movie? Well, okay. My favorite <laughs> My favorite movie is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Not a and sports movie. No, but there's a scene where he goes to the Cubs game, and the Cubs are playing the Braves. Right. So does that count? No, because my follow-up question is, is Jerry Maguire a sports movie? And if you're even putting Ferris Bueller in the discussion... Yeah, then you know which then, way it's yeah, going, right? Yeah, it's going to be tough, yeah. <laughs> okay, how about Rookie of the Year? Yeah, sports movie. Yeah, okay. Right. That'll it's a, go there. It's a good one. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, I heat up the ice cubes. Yeah. What is your favorite sports movie? Remember the Titans. Great movie. Is Jerry Maguire a sports movie? Yes. Why? Which is about the age of business in football. Yes. It's a love story. There's, the like, there's basically no football is in there, it. Is it it's, name three players from Jerry Maguire. I can't. Because it's not a sports movie. Okay. Well, name three players from the Titans. Can you? Yeah, of course. Go ahead, give me some. Sunshine, Bertone, no, Petey. Bertier. Bertier, <laughs> Petey. Petey. Okay, Bertone, you, you didn't get it. Three. I two and a half. Give me one more. Uh, you know, Bert, Bert, Bertier's buddy, the one Julius. that became Julius. Yes, <laughs> all right, that's four. And they took liberties in the movie because I've done a lot of research on it, and they really wasn't, supposedly weren't as close as they portrayed in the movie. Really? Yeah. Favorite sports movie? Oh, God, that's tough. Uh, <laughs> Major League, probably, for me. Same here. Give him the heater, Ricky. You yeah. kind of sound like him. Well, you could it, be Lou Brown. Well, it's because, it, you know, it's like my third day in Miami. So, <laughs> you know, I get a little velvety after that amount of time. Tomorrow, I will have no voice. So it's a good thing we're doing this now. And finally, is Jerry Maguire a sports movie? Yes, of course it Think is. Think about it. Think about it. Because that's everybody's initial reaction. But there's barely any sports. Well, there's there are sports. There's a sports backdrop. It's like, is Gremlins a Christmas movie? No. Yes. I don't is. know. I, you know, I haven't it's seen it. It's Die Hard a Christmas movie. Yes, okay, it see, is. See, if you think that, then obviously you think Jerry Maguire. There so it is. You, you've been right on some. You, you got about a 50%. You did okay. That sounds like my fantasy predictions every year. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. Is Jerry Maguire a sports movie? Yes. Sure, he's not that much sports in it. You asked me the question, I gave you the answer, now you're pushing my answer. <laughs> because I don't agree with you, I'll so I'm trying to get you. questions here. Who will you take number two overall in the fantasy draft? I'll take Saquon Barkley. Uh, what's your favorite sports movie? Or football favorite movie? Favorite sports movie, Brian Song. Brian Song. Okay, is Jerry Maguire a sports movie? It is. It's about sports, but it was more about the agent, per se. It's a love story, isn't it? It's kind of that, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's not as much focusing on the actual sport. It was focusing right. on Jerry and everything else that transpired off, off, off the field. I'm not getting a lot of support for my take that it isn't a sports movie, but that was close enough. Thank you for your time, Brian. Appreciate it, man. Right. Take care. So that's Brian Mitchell, former Redskins running back, now doing Redskins media. That was Carissa Thompson ripping the paper out of my hand and asking me questions. Uh, Prisco was great there. So I don't think I'm going to win that one, guys. Um, 
Bertone. I have a friend <laughs> whose last name is Bertone, so I screwed that up. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, you're all on Team Sports Movie. Of course, absolutely. Yes, we didn't get Jeff Schwartz soundbite there, uh, but he did think that it was not a sports movie, so I should have included that, uh, but yeah. I did. So you prove it? No. Yeah, I don't believe that one, Adam. <laughs> all right. Well, we do have. Uh, I think he said that. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz told me last night it is a sports movie. So <laughs> I asked him in the middle of the scrum. Sibling rivalry. Okay, do frog and dog rhyme? Where do you guys come out on that one? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Do they, Dave? You don't sound convinced. Uh, I I just figured that everybody would know that I would say, yeah, because everybody would agree that they rhyme. Okay, frog, I got a, a little controversy on this one. Here we go. I'll spell two words for you. You tell me if they rhyme. Okay. D-O-G. F R O G. D O G and F R O G. Seem to me they, they rhyme. Dog and frog. Yeah, it seems like they rhyme, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Perfect. That's all I got. Oh, okay. Do the words D O G and F R O G do they rhyme? This is Bryant Doggy McFadden. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, uh, yeah. Some yeah. people think they do. Some people think they don't. Yeah. Two words. Tell me if they rhyme. F R O G and D O G. No, they do not. How do you say them? Frog and dog. They don't rhyme. They don't rhyme. That's all we need to know, Pete. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to give you two words. I want you to tell me if they rhyme. Yeah. All right. F-R-O-G and D-O-G. Frog and dog? Yeah. Yeah, they the, rhyme. The way you say them, they rhyme. The way I say them is more like frog, dog. They don't <laughs> rhyme. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of open to interpretation. I'm going to give you two words. Yeah. I want you to tell me if they rhyme. F-R-O-G and D-O-G. No. They don't rhyme, but frog, dog. What do you think? Um, nah. I'll say no. Correct. Yeah, all right. So there we go. Jeff Schwartz at the end there coming through, former offensive lineman, big media guy in many ways. <laughs> frog and dog do not rhyme. I think a lot of people, when they heard that question, they thought it was like some kind of trick question. It wasn't. They, they, they had to think for a second. No, about, the wait, first what thing the hell is, is this what thing? is this moron asking me right now? <laughs> It's a little uh, bit of that. It is a little bit of that. I felt bad that Dave had asked Drew Rosenhaus that because like, it seems like yeah, Dave's Drew an idiot. Cool. Yeah, but really, I'm an idiot. Um, all right, and then here's Prisco being grouchy with this question here, um, which was actually the plot of the season opener to Curb Your Enthusiasm. How long after January 1st can you say Happy New Year? The next day. January 4th, I see you for the first time, but you can't say Happy New Year? No, why? It was two days ago. Three uh, days ago. Yeah, and that's Pete for you. So, I disagree. I think it's I think it's a solid week, you could say it. Week? What do you think? No. J- how uh, long? Yeah. Pete's in the ballpark. If you wanted to go one more day, you could. Three days? If I see you on February 16th, do I have to wish you Happy Valentine's no. Day? Uh, <laughs> definitely not. What's the difference? Well, you don't really say Happy Valentine's. Oh, uh, I guess you could. That'd be fine. Am I getting a present? Uh, no, but one of those little cards with the the, the heart candies. I'll send that to you. Oh, those heart candies. Those uh, heart. I have, to, I have to consult with Nando first, though. You're on his uh, yeah. poop list. Those heart candies really. Uh, they should have. They they were. They're basically like the uh, Super Bowl halftime show of candies. The, the, oh nice, no. Nice oh, no. Dave Dave probably has a different interpretation of this because his kids are older. But like my oldest is in second grade, and so like now he's bringing the stuff home and he's like, "Look what I got." Okay, cool. Yeah, have it later. Right in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you throw out your kids' candy? No, the the. Crappy hollow, the 
Valentine's Day ones that okay uh, those aren't things, wrapped up or anything. That yeah. makes me that makes me wonder what happens on Halloween. At Halloween your house. they get a few and then I eat the rest. That's why I'm fat. Yeah, that's what I do. Oh, it's time to lose weight now that football season's oh. over. Oh yeah, no, it's not a thousand percent. Uh, ben Schrager, uh, should we should we do the pancakes waffle house uh, waffles French toast? I think we do it. I think we really do it. All right, it's a little long, so this will be uh, the last one for the show. We were asking, oh, it's two minutes. We're asking people to rank pancakes, waffles, and French toast. We got this, Chris. This, by the way, was the best question that we asked people. Was it? I think this is this is good, a, a good interview question and something that we could always break down. And Hog is very insulted by the last question. See, <laughs> <laughs> frog and hog rhyme. Dog and frog, dog and hog don't. They kind of rhyme. All right, yeah. uh, how do you rank pancakes, waffles, and French toast? Chris Myers, celeb. Pete Prisco, Robbie Anderson, Carissa Thompson, and Bryant McFadden. BMAC gets deep I on this. Radio got Brian McFadden <laughs> and Pete Prisco. I got some CBS guys. All right, here we go. Oh, I love all of those. Okay, so I, I think I think I'd go waffles first because they're made fresh. Uh, I mean, at least they come out of the iron thing. They they, weren't, they couldn't have been sitting there very long. Right. The way you make them. So I, I so I'll go with that. I like them hot, buttery, a lot of syrup. And then I'll go I'll go French toast because the powdered sugar usually. And then pancakes, which I know you know if you put something on it, whipped cream, pecans, that might move up the ladder. But I'm going to rank that one third at the moment. But I'm also a big scrambled eggs guy to go with that. One waffles, two pancakes, and a distant third, maybe not even in the picture, French toast. What do you have against well, French toast? It's got eggs on it. No. A lot of eggs. I hate eggs. Here with Robbie Anderson. First question, waffles, pancakes, French toast, how are you ranking them? Um, I hate pancakes, so that's last. Waffles are, they'd be a little mushy with the syrup, but um, French toast stuff with that cream cheese, that's a winner. All right, we need you to rank three things for us. Okay, what do we got? Waffles, pancakes, French toast. French toast, pancakes, waffles. Not even a second of hesitation yeah. there. Yeah, Pan- well, waffle, or waffles, the texture is weird to me. Pancakes, uh, pancakes are like a neutral. It's like a it's like a meat. Yeah. Yeah. And Safe. French toast, the little like sh- uh, powdered sugar on the top, real good. Please rank the following things. Waffles, pancakes, French toast. Where am I getting a waffle from? That's the most important question. It depends on where you get these items. All right, you're, you're going to Denny's for all three. Pancakes. Followed by? IHOP, pancakes. But for me, Waffle House waffles trump any of the other Okay, options. fine. You're, you're, you're at so a hotel and there's I'm three things on the a, menu. I'm taking a Waffle House waffle and you can tell me I can get French toast from anywhere. You're at the same place. You're at a restaurant. They have pancakes, waffles, and French toast. How are you going to rank them? It depends on the restaurant. Like, uh, I hop, I'm getting pancakes. No, it's not. A, it's, it's a hotel. You're, you go to breakfast at your hotel. Give me... The go-to is pancakes, pancakes. because you can't really mess pancakes What's number up. two? French toast. The waffles? Yeah. <laughs> I just love that. You just got so philosophical on it, basically. BMAC is one of my favorite people in the world. He's He's just... Whenever I get to spend time with BMAC in the last uh, three Super Bowls, uh, story time with BMAC is my favorite thing to do. I imagine the interview. Because I can share some of them because they're amazing. Well, the Troy Palomalo interview was great. I mean, talking to Palomalo. The, the, the off-air Troy Palomalo. Right, was that better. was better. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's finish. I, I go pancakes, waffles, French toast. I don't understand how Prisco doesn't like eggs. It's one of the weirdest things I've ever heard. Schrager, what do you got? French toast, waffles, pancakes. Easy. Dave, Jamie, I'm the same. French toast, waffles, pancakes. I go French toast, pancakes, waffles. What is it? Don't. 
again, like I, I don't mean to have these crazy opinions, but why am I one of the only people that supports pancakes? Pancakes are so boring. They're the safe option, but they're boring. They're just pancakes I have are great though. Pancakes almost anywhere are good. Yeah. I don't dislike but French pancakes. toast. You're, you're, has you're, a chance you're, to be amazing. You're giving three very good choices. <laughs> Okay, well, listen, thanks, everybody, for indulging us. Um, we had a good time. And uh, I think, you know, Ben, I, I think the people that we asked seemed, they seemed to enjoy not having to answer the same old questions all week. Like, I feel like we brought out a little fun in, in, in Radio Row. It was a good break. And I think when we asked them the football questions, they were not as enthusiastic as right. the other questions. So I think it was a good plan. It, it uh, Like, we had a great setup with the Pick 6 podcast guys. Uh, for what they did with the Instagram stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think anytime you get a chance to get these guys off topic, you know, anything that's just not the norm. Like Troy Palomalo really enjoyed spending time with Brian McFadden. I think the fantasy questions that we asked these guys because they got that little bit of fun with it. The stuff that you guys asked them, sure. But <laughs> um, I'm sure they had fun with it. But, you know, anytime they get a chance to do some some silly stuff that's not just the same redundant let's talk 49ers let's talk Chiefs. we had to do that obviously because you know some of the stuff that they were using just for the other shows that we do but it's just you know they they, they don't want to be talking about the same things over and over and over again it's just it's that's the yeah. fun of it and i you know i'll just finish with this i think the interviews that i was a part of on set with the football players the best thing i heard when we asked kyle van noy what he thought about the game van noy patriots linebacker he just raved about how good Andy Reid was. Was he was like, you don't understand how good Andy Reid is and how difficult it is to defend him. And I don't think he wanted to pick the Chiefs because he's buddies with Fred Warner's on the 49ers. He didn't. I don't think he made a pick. But no. he, he was because he's a free agent. You don't want to piss anybody off. Sure. And I just thought it was so interesting to hear him praise Andy Reid. And a lot of people did. Um, it's been an Andy Reid love fest, and culminate, I, culminates I, I think uh, our Josh Jacobs interview was fantastic because we had a lot yeah. of time with him. He went over almost every aspect of his life um, when it comes to the football. That was really cool. Our Miles Sanders interview was great. Um, you know, he was very open with us. Uh, Stephon Diggs, I thought was 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 good. Uh, I know you played some of these uh, during the week. Juju yeah. was fun, uh, just because I think Juju's fun. Um, and then the uh, you know the the ones that I did a little bit separate. McCaffrey was was great. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was really good too. Um, you know, for a guy that I don't think people view as very outspoken, he you know he he talked about um, you know some of the things that went wrong in the championship game, um, not the championship game, the playoff game, excuse me, against the Chiefs, and you know things that he would do different, um, and just some of the outlook for the for the season. It was it was a lot of fun. We I think we had a lot of great guests and. Um, we were the only yeah. fantasy show on Radio Row, you know, for the amount of time that we did it, you know. So there were other people doing fantasy things, but you know, for what we did for four days and um, an hour a day, it was it was great. Well, thanks to uh, you guys, did a great job. I mean, you guys were, obviously were, were fantastic, uh, Heath as well, um, and just making the, the conversations flow and and uh, you know, I think it shows uh, the best of what we do. Hopefully, we're gonna get another award here this week with. Uh, FSW. That'd be great. And thanks to all of the crew for making it happen all week and people booking guests. And we, we had so many people that did a lot and really pitched in. And uh, thanks to all of you guys for listening and watching and to Dave, Jamie, and Ben for being on the show today. That is it. We've got another show tomorrow and then one on Thursday. And I think I'm going to throw in a Dak Prescott interview in there and maybe something else, more interviews from the week, uh, throw it in the feed as well. 
Thursday, we are going to be doing a uh, rankings special on CBS Sports HQ as we reveal our early 2020 fantasy football ranking. So 11 a.m. Eastern on CBS Sports HQ. We'll be doing that. Until then, na CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus.